Welcome to the Nicholas Tally Show, where we chat with entrepreneurs, experts, and entertainers to help you live a more fulfilling life and take your business to the next level. This week on the podcast, we're chatting with David and Noreen Submergen. Noreen and David are a husband and wife team who own an online boutique adult toy store catering to couples. They started in late 2016 and come on the show to discuss the challenges of marketing a product with limited resources since these kinds of toys are censored or banned from major advertising avenues like Facebook and Instagram. If you're used to listening to this podcast with children or minors in the car. This is an 18 and older episode, so be sure to keep that in mind. Don't forget to check out my A through Z online personal finance course called Get Out of Debt Like a Maniac. It has over 50 video lessons covering debt, budgeting, cutting expenses, credit, and more. It's constantly being updated based on the most frequently asked questions by members. Plus, I'll be around town. I'll be around. I do a live weekly group training with members of the course to help ensure their financial success, and it could be your financial success too. Riddle of the week, why did the invisible man turned down the job offer. Stay tuned to the end of the episode to find out. This episode, you better believe it was professionally mixed and mastered by the one, the only, the Grant Singer. Back in the day when he used to greet people, he used to say audio instead of just yo. If you'd like Grant to audio engineer your podcast, film, or music, click the link to singerville.com in the show notes or reach out to him on Instagram at Grant E. Singer. That was the intro. Now here is the episode. Hello and welcome. This is the Nicholas Tally Show. I'm your host, Nicholas Tally. Today we have two very special guests, David and Irene Submergen. Seasons greetings, you guys. How's it going? Hello, it's going well. <laughs> it's going great. <laughs> Love it. I'm happy to have you guys on, and here's where I want to start. I want to start with your transition from non-CEOs into full-time CEO life. Talk me through a uh, a little bit about that journey. Mm. I think, well, it was kind of me who, who pushed that boundary of saying, I'm tired of working for people. Um, mm. And I, I w- it was after our wedding, I was in the process of, you know, transitioning from city to city and then job to job. So when, after we got married, after the plans were done, I was like, uh, you know, I don't, I'll look for work, but you know, I don't, I don't see that going anywhere really. Cause I had my dream job. I got fired from what What Um, was that? Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) It was, uh, working for a photo lab, like the photo lab of photo Mm -hmm. labs in Hollywood. And, um, I just loved it. And there was just some shysty negative people that I, I feel like had, um, had it out for me because I was just doing Mm, things right. (laughs) So yeah, I was, I was I was pinned and and, I, and then I got fired, which you know took me down a spiral. But whatever, um, it was a godsend because then it took me on a totally different journey. I went from a photo lab to starting a sex toy company. Mm-hmm. That was the immediate <laughs> next so, uh, move. I, I imagine that probably wasn't like the first no. thing that came to your mind, or maybe it was. I don't know. No, it definitely wasn't. No, um, it you know I had another job in between that, but it it. It was um, it was me moving to LA, getting married, done with wedding planning, then had nothing to do with my life, and said, "Well, I want to start my own wedding planning business because I'm really good at event planning." Yeah. Um, and I started researching that, but then I was like, eh, "I don't think it's really for me because you deal with the crazy brides, and I just don't want to." Um, mm. I've done wedding photography yeah. on the side too, so it wasn't my thing. Um, brides, I mean. Uh, and then, <laughs> and then uh, e-commerce fell into my lap, um, and I got started with uh, fine art photography film, uh, 
you know, started the whole store, did the process, learned Magento. Um, it was hard as shit. Uh, and not to mention like film photography, such a rarity now, uh, with prices fluctuating mm -hmm. per week, uh, availability, you know, is either there or not. So you don't know if the product will be ready. And with e-commerce, it just kind of like became even harder because there was no automation process I could have put that company with. And then on the side, David was like, Hey, you know what, since you're doing that, um, I'm just going to start a sex toy business. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so, so I was working full time doing accounting work for a real estate, real estate company. And my background is accounting, mm -hmm. finance, uh, property management. So at the time she started this business, I was like, you know, let me see what I can do. So I just went on some forums randomly. Um, I came about sex toys and and the products that they use or the material that they use and different kind of positions and this and that that i've never heard of you know my entire life so i i kind of went down yeah. like a rabbit hole and i found myself looking at these products and the material that some of these products um were made out of and some of these people were using these terrible terrible products and you know that kind of just led uh, to me starting this really 80s, 90s looking store with neon lights and tacky. Mm -hmm. I mean, when you want to say tacky, this was just beyond <laughs> tacky. So spend money on this like horrible logo of this bra, like beyond the lights, right? BD, those, those yeah, are the initials yeah. of the, like the name, right? It so like, it looks like a bra, right? Yeah. A little but brisette. I mean, yeah. put in, yeah, put in like purple, <laughs> black, and just, it was... I mean, it's funny looking back where we are now to like where, yeah. where how it started and where it started and the website that it started is just uh, night and day. So that kind of uh, transition to what it is now. And so in the early stages, when I told Noreen about these products and how some of them are made out of jelly or a lot of them actually made out of jelly and TPE, TPR, like rubber um, these like bad kind of products, which um, looking back, the first product that we ever bought off of Amazon mm -hmm. was like a jelly. It was made out of jelly. So we didn't know anything about it. I just went for like the cheapest product that, you know, fits yeah. our needs. And it was the first product. We're like, okay, let's give it a shot. Pay like 10 bucks, maybe yeah. whatever. And I was like, let's get it and whatever. And um, came with a cheapo like bullet vibe too. That leaked battery acid. And that leaked battery acid and the batteries you can only oh, get no. from like um, a photo store, a camera store. Cause there's like those little batteries. Expensive not even, ones too. And they're very expensive. So not wow. lithium ion, not rechargeable, nothing like that. Terrible, terrible. And um, I was like, uh, Noreen, did you know that some of these products they leach chemicals into people's bodies. And she's like, oh, hell yeah. no. Well, I was also very much <laughs> yeah. into like this holistic, <laughs> yeah, no, it's not, I'm out. But also like the whole, his, I think research in the sex toy journey started because we started having some issues with our sexual health. Like, you know, mm -hmm. one person's not pleased, the other one needs to find solutions. And, and I feel like in our customer journey, it's kind of the same um, bucket that people fall under is the guy's always trying to look for a solution to make her happier um yeah. and david kind of went down that you know i feel like rabbit hole and then found himself finding a whole lot of more information about sex toy industry and you yeah. know he I mentioned it to me and and he said there's some 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 statements here saying that 
um, these products that leach into the bodies, uh, especially during use with the pregnant woman, have shown to uh, deform babies. And I didn't have kids at the, we didn't have kids at the time, but for me that, and the uterus is a very absorbent organ. So, uh, you got to watch out what you put in it. And, and, and when he told me that I, you know, I was like, can we cuss on this show? Yeah, oh, absolutely. I was like, fuck, are you kidding let me? Let it rip. I was like, how <laughs> the fuck do people not know about this shit? Like, how can an industry sell products and not tell people uh, that, you know, this could possibly harm them, whether it's to a baby or themselves, because eventually, like, uh, the TPE, TPRs, like, uh, you know, the, the nasty materials that basically feel like skin, um, they, mm -hmm. they will cause cancer. They will absorb into the skin. They do, they do these things. Um, yeah. And... I just kind of like made it my passion project and I said, well, we need to turn this sex toy store into an educational company, um, completely educational mm -hmm. and sell only literally what we've uh, researched the crap out of um, from manufacturers, get to know them pretty well. And then, and then, you know, try to make it as yeah, so, a so big she, of a point as possible. She pretty much dropped the whole film photography thing because it was during the same time. Uh, she's like, yeah. all right, I'm going to drop this. This is not really going anywhere. And, you know, I'm going to tag along with you, David, and we're going to do this thing. So that was 2016. And here we Man. are now. In you guys went all in. <laughs> all in. Yes. Yes. When you say all in, not just our time, but also our money. <laughs> so every, everything <laughs> it seems like is, it's paid off. Yeah. I mean, everything was self-financed. Uh, we had no outside help. So um, just time, money, and determination. Persistence. And oh persistence. my gosh. Yes, a lot of fails, a lot of ups and downs. I want to touch on more of the manufacturer side, but since you brought up going all in on making this e-commerce store and company come to life, there's a lot of people that try their hand at e-commerce and they don't see it through and they don't ever find like the upward tick in their profits. What do you think the difference maker is when it comes to also your product has limitations in where it can advertise. Facebook and Instagram have crazy restrictions. So how did you go about finding that upward tick with your your store? Yeah, that that question is It's hard to answer. Um, it has a lot of weight to it. Yeah. So uh, yes, you're correct. A lot of e-commerce stores do fail and that could be either because of capital, because of marketing, because people don't know what they're doing. They just think that they can open up a Shopify store and you know, they're Bang, gonna, like it's and they're gonna reckon, all of a yeah, all this money is gonna yeah. start flowing in. It's not that way, even with dropship stores, it doesn't matter. Yeah. Um, market research, market research, competitor research, um, research, 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 that's key word here, research, and knowing your customer and your, your mm. audience and um, the avenues that you can use to market yourself and the products, um, like the services you can use to market yourselves, where uh, depending on like if it's email marketing or Facebook, Facebook or Google. Google, all these things. So it does take time. Um, there are a lot of gurus out there who do claim that, you know, they're making hundred thousand dollars their first, like three, four, six months. And that's because of Facebook advertising yeah. and the product that they are, you know, advertising. And it's, I think the hardest thing in our industry is that we, we retail, we don't have our own product. Um, so mm. really creating a brand that speaks on its own 
to say that we are one, we wanted it to be classy looking so that nobody feels shameful or embarrassed or, you know, overwhelmed when they visit our store. We have a very minimal amount of products and that's done on purpose because there are a ton, like billions of products are shipped to America daily. So, um, you know, to, to sort through so many yucky and stupid looking and really not even efficient products, um, take that overwhelm away. I, I think we, we have we have tried our hand at so many different types of messaging from the toxic sex toys to um, let's lead with uh, saying that, and it's true, I think, uh, that men do do a lot of the shopping and sometimes they have a lot of questions and they don't have the support uh, when it comes to buying products for their partners. Um, and a lot of times there's women also that are afraid to, you know, visit stores or uh, kind of lead with uh, desire. And it's it, it's mostly in the messaging. And I would say we're still working on the messaging. I don't think it's quite complete. It's never mm. it's never a done project. Um, yeah, you just, but it's always evolving because yeah, the theme is always ch- changing. Every single year, something changes. So yeah. you kind of just need to be up to date, up to, you know. Yeah. So you have to try your, you just keep trying and, I mean, we failed a lot. We've failed and lost so much. Like, <laughs> you know, you you have to. Hit me. You have to. Give me some, one of those times where you're like, oh man, I don't know if we're going to make it out of this little dip in our journey here. Yeah. Okay. So. May of 2019. <laughs> yeah. When we first brought somebody on to help us out with our Google ads. Uh-huh. It took us some time to realize that with every sale, we we're actually losing money. Oh, yeah. Ooh. Oh yeah, we were we yes. were quite in the negative. Yes, yeah, we were in the negative. But, you I'm know, not going to say how much money, but it was more than people's average salary in the five digits. Oh, yeah. No. Quite, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> it was high. It was a lot. Uh, you know, you lose a lot of money, but then you realize, um, yeah, it was fun. Yeah. <laughs> but we're out of that, so. That was in the that was in the past. What's the big takeaway from that that dip then? If you're you're seeing every sale is uh, becoming a loss, are you like, okay, Google Ads, we're <laughs> oh, cutting I them and totally. we're going up? Go for it. Go so for you it. know, I think with e-commerce, everyone everyone, the first thing I would definitely say is they're trying to make money fast. Yeah. You can't make money fast unless a you know your ideal customer, mm. b you know where they are, mm-hmm. and c how do they like to be uh, spoken to? How are you going to market to them? We tried Google immediately, right after set the setup was done for the store, the research, the products, everything was done. Google was our first outlet because we just wanted traffic and we wanted sales. We got really great sales, but we sure as hell were not making enough of them. We were spending more because the words that you bid for, for the sex toy industry more particularly, um, are very expensive yeah. and it's very competitive. And although that, I mean, We've even had like 50,000 a day of customers come in and make no sales. So you're spending money and not knowing where you're spending that money is complete bullshit. So, you know, there's people who are going to sell you on, oh yeah, we can make you money. We can give you this. And we've, we've, we've tried out many marketing firms. So, um, you've really, you need to do your research a lot more before you think you're going to make money. It's a slow process. If you're a bootstrapped company and it's just like two, three people working in that company and you're, you're, you're using your own money, mm-hmm. you want to do the advertising yourself as much as possible yep. because you Grow your should not audience. rely on 
a freelancer to take or your company. checkbook, your open checkbook, and pretty much use it how they see fit. Yeah. That's, I, if anything, that is my number one takeaway from doing ads. Do not hand it over to somebody who doesn't know what they're doing, even if they do say they know what they're doing, because they're using your money. They're not using their own money. Yeah. So. You should go closer to the mic. <laughs> so if, if you're doing ads, you definitely want to take a look at it every single day to see where you are, set your budget, find your keywords, um, take classes, look at other people that are doing well and just mimic what they're doing to fit your own niche. Yeah. That's it. And, right. and we didn't know there was a cheap way to do all of that prior to hiring people to spend money on ads. Whereas like you could go to forums and, and really just talk to people yourselves. You can, you can grow your, uh, social media audience and, and really build that relationship as a company and then, you know, sell to them, find, find that outlet, not, Oh, I'm, I have some money. I'm going to go and throw this and hope that it works. Mm. It's gambling. It's like playing roulette. You're just betting on numbers and hoping it hits. Um, and you know, we've, we've done advertising where, you know, there was an Instagram account that kind of helped us out. Uh, they're like, yeah, we're going to advertise uh, um, one of your toys and put on our page for, I think it was a Valentine's Day or something. We're like, okay, great. Mm-hmm. And they're like, okay, it costs this much. We're like, okay, all right, let's give it a shot. <laughs> yeah. Like, oh, you guys got great views, by the way, but you got like two sales. <laughs> oh, no. <laughs> but honestly, it's also la- la- your landing page. Where are you sending them? It, if you're sending them directly to a product page or your homepage especially, that's the stupidest thing you can do. How is that? How's that saying, "Hey, uh, we're the right company, we're the right fit. Buy from us." It's not. Yeah. It's not hitting on any pain, pain points or any wins. It doesn't speak to the customer. It just says, "Here's the product. Here's the details. Uh, we can list some benefits. We could list like." And we did. We got. We we changed our pages up so many different times. We thought it was the product pages. We went in and did. Um, we. We did thorough descriptions where we taught how to use products. And although that was a win, mm-hmm. people spent time reading them. Mm-hmm. They never bought from us mm-hmm. because because we didn't have a way to capture that interest. We just gave people free information. And then they probably went and bought the same product somewhere else Yeah, for cheaper. Cause, Amazon. <laughs> yeah, because they think this is, yeah. So we'll touch on Amazon later too, I think. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, I'm excited to talk about Amazon. A big thing you're touching on is getting to know your audience. And how did you guys go about, because you're talking about the research, talking about chatting with the customers. How did you know and identify this is our audience? Because there's 7 billion people in the world. People are reproducing. People enjoy to have have sex, you know. So I wonder how you narrowed it down to have this is this is my ideal audience right here so this is like a two-part answer i'll say part one and then (laughs) nurin you can do part two part one is data yeah from all that money we spent on uh google ads and there's other ads that we spend money on um we got a lot of data so we got to see who our customer really is um well hypothetically who it really is and i'll touch on that soon so we gathered all this data um and we were able to kind of siphon out okay what age category are these people in what 
what gender are they? What sex are they? Um, what are their likes? What's their kind of political standpoint on, you know, news or whatever? And we were able to kind of see the trend that was coming to our site based off those ads or based off of analytics, based off of SEO. So, and what happened was, what we realized is that even though most of the purchases are under male names, we don't know if it's actually the uh, if it's for like a male or if it's for a female or who it's for so mm -hmm. in our industry it's very difficult you're not buying like a men's shirt or or a kid's shirt mm -hmm. or you know uh, a woman's shirt or a bra you're not buying that you're bu buying <laughs> right. a sex toy which i'd say maybe 75 percent 80 percent are unisex you can use them however you see fit but a lot of people yeah. don't know that yes a lot yeah. of people don't know that I mean, you can use a product seven different ways. One product for you know various people doesn't matter. Um, it's up to your imagination. So mm -hmm. that is kind of like it, it took us that long to gather this much information. And what Nada Noreen wants to like our ideal customer, we created this whole avatar? I guess avatar. Yeah. Um. So following data, I think. Uh, what kind of gave us insight the most on was, well, if it's a male name, what type of products are they buying? And they're very much things like you would use for a female, vibrators, um, yeah. maybe dildos, uh, but mostly vibrators, uh, external, external stimulation type products. And, uh, you know, we looked at the ones we really loved. Our ideal, like our ideal customer, would spend six hundred dollars in our store. Yeah, love them. We love yeah. we love those kind of customers yes. for sure. And <laughs> and and when we we would get them to us, it was like a super surprise because it was like, holy crap, man, this this super dude exists, and he wants to please <laughs> yeah. his wife, and he wants to you know um, bring her all the joy and give her all this type of pleasure, and maybe help her discover some things, um, or maybe she's the one telling him, hey, I want, or I'm curious about blah 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 and he's doing the buying or she's using his card to buy after she's you know decided what she wants but um one of the things i would mention about data is we've noticed that our male buyers <clears throat> um do a lot more research and take more time to buy and the females who really know what they want go and the males buy the more expensive high-end products whereas i feel like the females who really know what they want and, and do it quick to our store like they just come to the store already know what they want add it to yeah. the cart and immediately buy there they don't take as much time um to research the product so that was just one of the things where we were like that probably for sure is a guy he's reading you could and we had you know, trackers on, we had recordings, all that stuff. So you could see how much time they were spending on each page and what they were doing. It was mostly reading. Well, then what was, what was the issue? They weren't buying. Mm -hmm. Um, so, you know, you just, you, you do a whole lot of learning <laughs> throughout the a process. A whole lot of learning and a whole lot of tracking, it sounds like. And yeah, you have to. I think a good point that you bring up is some of that data is, it could be someone under a different name. That's the thing that I think I would be yeah. like, oh my gosh, I really got to check out the behavior here to understand who's yeah. the person behind the mouse clicks right now. Yeah. Yep. Which I think yeah. is fascinating. Yeah. Yeah. Nice. I want to talk about manufacturing since we touched on it a little bit. It's clearly very important to you guys to work with informed manufacturers that are up to date on all their regulations. And 
let's do it. Let's touch on Amazon now. Amazon, a post of yours, doesn't follow as sturdy of regulations as I found. And if you buy something from Amazon, you could be setting yourself up for using used sex toys that have been returned. Can you give me some more insight on this? And is this common practice among industry among the industry you know hello friends this is nicholas tally and each week i cook you up something nice and delicious and if you're tuning in right now consider this your big fat whopping sign to leave a five-star review on apple podcast because we're trying to get to 100 five-star reviews lightning fast it helps boost the podcast when people are searching for something good to listen to and we're trying to have as many people live fulfilling lives as possible so go ahead and send this episode to two of your friends that you think would enjoy it head to courses.nicholastally.com to enroll in the Get Out of Debt Like a Maniac course. It's a course that helps you get out of debt, learn to manage your money, and build a life toward financial freedom. And also, let's commit our memories to this. This episode, professionally mixed and mastered by the one, the only, the Grant Singer. If you'd like Grant to audio engineer your podcast, film, or music, you better reach out to him. You better reach out to him on Instagram at Grant E. Singer. His handle's gonna be in the show notes. Or you can reach out to him through singerville.com. And please reach out to him, guys. My goodness. He only has so many fingers left before we're going to have to cut them all off due to insane coldness on his his body temperature. Just can't withstand it because he's outside. He's on the streets right now, and the streets are hard. Hard as knocks, and that's the school that he's also attending right now because you guys got to hit him up. This is going on too long. I'm sorry. All right, back to the episode. No. No, no, no. So first off, I want to mention with Amazon, you could buy any product and still get used product. It's not just sex toys, but with sex toys, it's much more intimate. It's much more sensitive. Like you do not want to buy a used sex toy, period. Um, You know, even if it's been just opened and not touched, don't trust it. I would not like STDs, all that stuff. Like you want to avoid it. Um, With Amazon, they're their only way of guaranteeing you're the owner of the product is you sending them a receipt of purchase. And that's it. I could have bought a used sex toy from a wholesale truck, which a lot of Amazon, and and we've met a few um, Amazon buyers who go and buy wholesale from trucks that have had returned products in it, and then they'll resell. Um, and a lot of these resellers are quite, you know, um, successful in what they're doing. So... Mm-hmm you don't know that what you're getting is actually a used product unless it looks kind of, you know, opened or whatever. But still, like with Amazon, no matter what, there's been plenty of times where I've read reviews and other types of products um, that, you know, they'll mention, hey, this product came back used, it had hair, it had this, it had that. It could be clothes. It could be, uh, I don't know, butt wipes. I don't care. But... (laughs) Yeah. And you need to realize that a lot of sex toys, a lot of the packaging, you can easily open it without, there's like no stickers, no seal, no nothing, a lot of it. Now, some yeah. of them, like the more higher end products, yes, they will have seals, stickers. You can kind of tell if it's been opened. So those right off the bat, once you open your up your Amazon package, you can kind of tell, depending on the product, you can kind of tell if someone has gone through that um, that product. So another thing I want to mention about Amazon is most of the high end manufacturers don't allow Amazon sales. Um, Mm. They they will 
forbid it. And if you're caught, they will not allow you to retail their products anymore. And most of them have their own like Amazon store. Yeah, under but their only own, the manufacturer. Under their own name, yes. under the manufacturer's name. So those are, yes, like you can, you can, I, I still wouldn't buy from them <laughs> from yeah. off of Amazon, but if you must, I would go directly to the manufacturer and buy it from them, not from uh, some ABC brand that's yeah. selling those products. There's, I mean, there's also a way to check the seller on Amazon. So people just need to get very um, smart about knowing who the seller is. Uh, it could mm -hmm. be, and you know, there's a link that always says sold by and you can click on it. Um, so there's that research that needs to be done. Also, Amazon sells a lot of knockoffs. Um, those mm. knockoffs, like for example, the Enjoy, uh, Enjoy uh, prostate massagers, plugs, uh, dildos, um, those are like our number one sold product in our store. Um, and there's knockoffs of Enjoys and Enjoy, the, the owner, is it Craig or Greg? Craig. I think it's Craig. I always forget. Shout um, out Craig. He's, I think it's great. Amazing Craig. product. He's also an amazing person. Like he's so particular about the engineering about this product and the material he uses. Um, total stainless steel. It's, it's, it's got like the most precise, um, it's just great. Like it's basically, it's engineered to the greatest degree. That's it. There's it's no knickknacks. There's, there, it's, the it's flawless. It's, it's flawless. Yeah. yeah. It's like the Porsche of sex toys. Um, so <laughs> <laughs> so, you know, um, knowing someone like that who then, uh, you know, you have other shysty manufacturers doing knockoffs mm -hmm. of his product, um, they can say it's stainless steel, but uh, you mentioned regulations in the industry earlier. There, it, there are no regulations in the sex toy industry whatsoever. It's called oh, a novelty. Man. Yeah, it's called a novelty product. Therefore, there is no regulation at all. Unless, wow. unless there's a patent on a certain, like, function on like a certain motor that other yeah. manufacturers can't use until obviously that patent has expired and then everybody is going to get on in on it yeah so no regulation you get billions of products shipped to the u.s on a day nothing's fda approved nothing's fda approved everything's considered a novelty it's not considered health it's a novelty uh which means it's a joke um wow you know and uh there's, yeah, there's just so much research that goes to buying a sex toy. And again, that's something we didn't know until we started the company. Um, yeah. And that was for us, like, our tipping point. We were like, people need to know this kind of stuff. Like, unless you've been, um, you know, someone who's used sex toys throughout the years and has had experiences with them, you don't quite know these things. Um, and also there's so much different type of information on, on the internet when it comes to educating yourself about sex products that you don't know who's telling you the truth. Some people mm -hmm. say TPE is safe because it's soy based, but again, there's a lot of problems with soy going into the body as well. So, and then that soy is mixed with other chemicals. Those other chemicals go into the body because it's an oil based material and the skin does absorb oil. So what do you do? You yeah. You use it and then you end up with something and then you're like, ah, oh, I don't know where this came from. Yeah. I mean, you uh. can only read so much online until you actually get in front of these owners, these manufacturers. So we go to the show, uh, the, the expos that, you know, twice a year, at least twice a year, we go to them and then we talk to the manufacturers. We see how, what their process is like. We see what kind of uh, materials they use and for the most part, it's very, very educational. And we take that and we, you know, tell the 
the public or our customers, hey guys, these are the kind of materials that these are using. This is how it's uh, fabricated. Um, this is the kind of uh, silicone that they're using because there's all sorts of different kind of silicone uh, that a lot of manufacturers use. So it's it's always a learning process. Uh, we're always learning because you know next year, next month, there's going to be a new product that comes out, and then during the next show, we'll get to look at those products and you know talk to the manufacturers about them. And then yeah. we also like look into reviews of those products. We look into. Um, you know, uh, how satisfied customers have been um, with other companies first before we also may include a product in our store. Uh, because if it's something that's just like, meh, why are we going to include it? There's yeah. there's more headache for you to go through these products and then buy it and think, meh, you know. And, and then you're going to be uh, unhappy with the product that you paid a shit ton of money for. And, you know, then meh. <laughs> it sounds like you guys do the due diligence of saying like, here, we're doing tons of research on this stuff and we're trying to make things as simple as possible for you. Here are the highest quality yeah. toys you can choose from on our site. Don't get fooled or wrapped into buying from the wrong manufacturer before it's too late. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Because it also adds to the customer's shopping experience. Like, why are they going to go on our website and find a product that has two reviews yeah. or two star, one star review and then like buy it and then get dissatisfied. And that just goes into this, like, um, they go through that whole customer service where, you know, they want to return it and then, um, no, but, uh, if we have, if we offer a good product right off the bat and yeah. we do our, like I said, due diligence, then it makes it for a very, very smooth customer experience on the front end much more trustworthy too i imagine you know like this yeah. is this is a brand i can constantly go to and know i'm gonna get something good every time yes <laughs> exactly yeah <laughs> that's what the hope is <laughs> i am just blown away that there's no regulations on something like this would you want there to be regulations or if you were to add some what would you add yeah well i mean oh, for that's... for me when i jumped on that's what i said i was like i'm gonna be the regular of sex toys yeah. <laughs> i'm gonna be the fda so, if people try to trust the fda for so sex toys it's very very expensive to get fda approved per product that's mm. one very thing. expensive and a lot of the new manufacturers that are really great companies um we could throw a lot of names out there they're not able to afford that yeah. um regulation so in in regards to like regulation you just have to know the store you're buying it from um and really be able to trust them because they need to it's talk about these not things. just the store you also need to know the brand that you're buying yeah, yeah. Yeah. Not just the store, the but brand the, Well, too. the store can do a good job at yeah. providing information about the brand. Yeah. It all makes sense to me. I want to, since we're, I want to move into the sexual health part of this conversation now. I think I'm ready to touch on it. <laughs> <laughs> Let's say somebody's like, I want to improve my sexual health. Where would you tell them to start? What's a, what's a good, what's a good route for improvement? Sexual health is such like a, it's a broad term it there's is a, broad term. a lot that goes into it the the physical aspect of sex the emotional. the emotional um connecting with somebody or yourself even uh the, the trust the communication yeah communicating all of that i mean it's a very very broad so i mean communicating uh 
I think communicating is the number one thing that so many people lack because they've never been taught how to. Mm. Um, so whether that's communicating with yourself or with the partner, you need to practice that first. Um, you know, communicate. So th there's something I learned during this whole journey of our sexual, uh, you know, um, store, the opening the store is women hold desire in, but lead with emotion. Mm. Men lead with desire and hold emotion in. Mm. So with the two sexes being so opposite of each other, how can we communicate better? Because a man can just be turned on very quickly, but a woman needs some time to get there. Um, and you need to understand each other's language. You need to understand how one, one another functions or what turns one another on, you know, especially for women who are moms, they're just always on the go and always thinking about the next thing they need to get done. Yeah. Whereas a man can really turn off the fact that he has a child or just came home from work, I think, <laughs> um, from what I've learned, you know, and he can just get it on if he needs to. But there's always the opposite too, where there's some men who aren't as sexual as their wives are. Um, you know, you can't. There's some men that have low libido, some women that have very high libido, and yeah. then vice versa. There's a lot of men who have high libidos, a lot of women who have low libidos. It just it depends on the person. Not yeah. everybody's the same. Communication, and then I think date nights per week, once a week, are very, very valuable. Um, and it's not just about going out to dinner because you see a lot of couples going to dinner and they're on their phones. Especially yeah. when you have kids. Yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah. yeah. Yeah, you don't talk about the kids, you don't pull out your phone, you do something like an activity, like go golfing, mini golfing, go bowling, don't go see a movie because again, you're not talking. It's something that gets you to flirt and something that, you know. Where you can make a connection. Yeah, you, you gotta talk. If you don't talk, you're not getting anywhere. So if you're gonna practice sexual health and you want more sex, um, or if you want better sex, talk to one another. Yeah, it brings in more of an intimacy than just a, a physical action that connection is yeah. something that is shared between yep. each couple yeah and also if it's like something physical if there are a lot of people who just want to get right into the physical part of it talk about what turns you on maybe you want to have sex in a bathroom publicly somewhere you know you you might want that just freaking make it happen um you know talk about it if it's something that is a fantasy discuss it and you know just don't judge each other and never discuss sex in the bedroom Ever. Interesting. Why? Uh, because there could be resentment that comes up while you're having conversation. And when mm. you do it in the bedroom, then you're associating that resentment with the bedroom. And therefore, you will not want to have sex with that person. Wow. Because when you go back into that bedroom, <laughs> when you get back into that bedroom, you kind of correlate the 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 conversation, the conversation yeah. that like, just always pops up. Right. So. You always want to have it outside the bedroom. It would be great to have, you know, those kinds of conversations during your date nights. Like, yeah. what do you want? What do you want to try? What do you not like? Yeah. Um, what did we do right? What did we do wrong last time? And yeah, just keep it, keep it open, keep it fun, keep it flowing. And don't judge and always listen. Yeah. That's a great hot tip right there. Just to have these conversations <laughs> in a place where you don't need to associate the last conversation you had. You have kids, you have a child. A child. A child. One. Nice. Yes. A child. How would you go, or how do you go about teaching them the importance of sexual health? Well, it's so hard with kids. I, I mean, I have a niece and nephew who are, you know, at that age where they're starting to get into puberty. Yeah. And it's, you know, I talk to my sister about it all the time. I'm like, well, what do you do with kids? You you start teaching them about private parts and who who you know who it's okay to be around naked and um, 
and like when, when it's okay to touch or or to be touched or like you know you I think teaching kids about their body parts and putting um or teaching them about the boundaries that they need to set for themselves starts first and then and then you go into like the whole aspect of um you know and I really, I believe that having open and honest conversations with them, mm-hmm. even though they're kids, it doesn't have to be very, uh, it doesn't have to be very, what's the word I'm looking for? Vulgar or quite direct. Oh, it, super detailed. Super detailed. There you go. <laughs> yeah. it, 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 you know, it just, as long as it gets the message across, they, they will understand. My niece and nephew always come back and ask me questions. And sometimes I'm just like, mm, I have to think about it a little bit, but yeah. I will let them know because- you know, and, and it goes for both sexes, boy and girl. I think it's important for a boy to know what a girl goes through just as much as, uh, you know, for a girl to know what a boy goes through because they all have their own little things. They go through puberty and then, and then sexually and then touch and then again, boundaries. Um, but never shame them for touching themselves because kids do that. There's oftentimes I've, I've read stories about parents, um, walking in on their child, touching themselves and they'll (gasps) like react um, you know, in, in a way that makes them feel shame. And that's where shame starts. When you yeah. start shaming your child for touching themselves, then they're going to grow up with that shame and they're not going to know how to get over it. Where did it start from? You know, mm-hmm. we, we have to really be careful about the way we handle things. We can tell kids, Hey, if you really like touching yourself there, it's okay to do that in the bathroom privately. Right. Um, but not okay to do it in the living room or in front of other people. Um, you know, in the meantime, or do it in your bed bedroom, whatever it is. Like, just don't, don't give them the idea that it's so wrong to touch yourself, period. Here's another conversation to have. I feel like America faces this, this weird duality of we're going to talk about sex and advertisements, but nobody is really going to have the conversation about sex in their homes or with the people closest to them. It's like, you know, if, <laughs> yeah. it, if it makes a business money, we're cool with it. But if we want to talk about it for our own lives, it's taboo. What's your take on, I don't want to say America's. I think it's pretty global. What's your take on talking about it in a, in a light that doesn't have a, a connotation to it, maybe? I mean, what do you mean by connotation? It's... The taboo-ness, right? Don't talk about sex. That's a that's a topic to stray away from. Oh, it's, yeah. Well, I mean, depends, we have a lot of friends who don't even well, like Well, yeah, wanna... it depends how they were brought up. I mean, some friends were kind of like open to have this kind of conversation with them because for them, it's maybe fun or they actually use sex toys in the bedroom, right? And then there's other friends that we have that are completely standoffish that sh- I want to say shy away from the topic, but they blush and it's hard to hold that conversation or with them to them it's completely taboo sex. it's completely yeah. shameful we cannot talk about it period yeah. even if it's like a business um well, like even if i talk to my friends about like nern and i it's some friends i can easily have that conversation with other friends i can't because they're they get um uncomfortable mm-hmm. so it, it just uh, yeah that part i mean i don't know if it's how they were raised or what they see in the media or school or yeah it if they went to church or if they didn't go to church i mean there's a lot of um outside yeah it's it's very very tough question (laughs) (laughs) i mean the way i see it is america is okay with selling sex but it's not okay with 
um, you know, it's against sex when it comes to education. Mm. It's against, it's against saying, um, you know, it's like, it's like liberating someone. I don't know. I actually, it's like a, it's like communism. It's like saying, shut the fuck up and you're not allowed to talk about this thing and you're only going to do what I want you to do. And, and we can do whatever we want. Yeah. We'll still yeah. sell to you. That's like, yeah, it's, it's literally, it's communism. I don't, I don't see it as any different. Um, it's, it's really publicly, you know, giving people the wrong idea about sex in general, you know, and, and what you do see in the media that, you know, is, um, that does touch on sex or sex, sexual activity is completely different from the reality of what sex is. And, you know, and people get confused. I, I believe like, that's why rape culture is so big. I believe, you know, people just, they try to mimic things they see on TV or on the internet. Because and they then, think that's real. Yeah. yeah. And it's not, it's completely, and there's really great companies out there that now are like, we're going to touch on the subject of porn. Like, um, you know, you're, 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 you need to find companies like Erica Lust, for example, or Make Love Not Porn is, porn is another company, um, both run by women that show more realistic sex versus like the fantasy sex you see created by nasty men, um, you know, then to lead whatever. But uh, it's it's complicated. <laughs> yeah, it is. It is a complicated uh, issue to tackle without a doubt. Here's what I know. So I read in the magazine that your background, your guys' background is Armenian American. Mm -hmm. How does that play into this? Does that make this, was it harder to become more comfortable talking publicly about oh, yeah. sex and things like that? Yeah. It, I think it's still 100% is a challenge in a lot of ways. Um, I I believe that I've come out of my shell way, way more than David has <laughs> in a lot it's, of ways. It was easy for me to start the business. Mm. It was easy being, regardless like what, my background is for me it was easy to start the business because it's online i didn't really have to talk to anybody like a customer in person over the phone over the email no problem it's it's very very easy for me i actually absolutely love doing um, customer service helping out with people finding new products talking to them on the phone um, and even educating them so i personally love doing that and then even like uh, people I meet now it's a lot easier because we've been doing it for so much and it's becoming more I guess uh, what's the word I'm trying regular. to it's, it's becoming yeah regular um, accepted mm. uh, the, the novelty side of things so for yourself though I think yeah I mean when we started the company when he told me he was starting a sex toy company I said well I have 100% nothing to do with this because my his parents will probably disown me and my, my parents will kill me. Yeah. Um, I figured my mom would be the most open-minded and she was. Um, David's dad still doesn't know. He kind <gasps> of knows. He knows what? that we sell, like, he, that we have sell, like, lube. So no. he knows that. I don't think. He, I, he does. I've told him. No. Uh, he knows that we sell lube for sex because I brought up. I was like, oh, yeah. Because he, he always asks, he's like, what do you guys sell? You know, and I'm like, <laughs> oh, we sell these products like health He'll and wellness jokingly, I sell jokingly health and wellness. said like handcuffs <laughs> but, <laughs> but I don't think my dad like knows what handcuffs are used for in the bedroom 
He does. He's very old school and uh, super religious. He thinks you're training to be a police officer right now is what he thinks. He's he's completely off, <laughs> off the trail. I mean, yeah. Yeah, You're yeah, selling gear much. for people who are yeah. looking to go hunting um, for human beings. I'm kidding. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. No, it was uh, the way the way my 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 younger brother told my mom because my younger brother was the one who told my mom first. Yeah. He said it perfectly. He said, "Mom, David, just think of it as this: um, Toys R Us, but for adults." That's what David is selling. <laughs> there you go. That's a perfect summation right there. <laughs> so, yeah. so her face just like got really red she and said, she's oh like, boy. oh boy, oh I boy. hope I know, I oh hope boy. you know what you're doing. I, I hope, hope you know. this isn't the right answer. I don't want this. No, yeah. we, can't, we still get, we still get from the parents like, couldn't you have started another business? Because there really is a struggle in, in our business because of the, the cost and yeah. the advertising and like all this other shit. But yeah. And, and the the way like their minds work is, oh, they're doing sex toys. Oh, what's next? Drugs. They're oh. gonna start dealing oh, yeah. weed. Oh, wow. yeah. We're gonna sell weed. We're yeah. gonna sell cocaine. Yeah, <laughs> we're we're going there, guys. <laughs> we're like, no, guys, this is a legitimate business. Yeah. Wow. They think you're gonna. How's this helping anybody? Think you're gonna hit the black market pretty soon here. Dark web is oh, next, yeah. and yeah, in their minds, it's so it's so bad. Like again, like they oftentimes are like. Not my dad. My dad was scary in the beginning. Like he, I didn't tell my dad, my bro, my little brother told my dad and my dad, I was at their house after we were married and he goes, I know what you're doing. I go, what are you, what are you talking about? What am I doing? And my dad's like a mafia looking scary dude. <laughs> yeah. Like I grew up scared of my dad. He, and he goes, I know what you're doing. Your brother told me what you're doing this business. I'm like, fuck. I go, dad, no, that's not mine. It's not mine. It's totally David's. I have nothing to do with it. Whoa. <laughs> <laughs> and then his face changed and he just like, oh, okay, well then I guess that's okay because he's a guy. But for me being a girl and being in the sex toy industry, especially I'm 100% slut shamed. I'm 100% like, um, I'm the girl that you do not want to introduce any of your children to because I will, I will probably corrupt them in people's minds. <laughs> oh my goodness. That's wild. So it sounds like neither of your fathers know what's really going on with your business, No, my right? dad knows. No, He's her, completely her, her supportive. Dad knows. Okay. Her dad knows. My dad doesn't really know because, yeah. <laughs> it's, it's, my mom knows. They, they, they haven't brought it up in a while, though. No, they won't. Yeah. They won't. But, I mean, my, my parents ask about the business side of it because they get it now. Yeah. You know, but honestly they just they just want to make sure that we're happy yeah mm -hmm. that's it and not doing anything bad yeah whatever that means not. but the funny thing is like with my mom saying oh no oh no i hope you know what you're doing she's read all of the 50 shades of gray Whoa. no she reads a lot of fantasy books yeah she reads a lot of fantasy books <laughs> like, i'm like mom really like something was different mom uh, come on <laughs> yeah <laughs> <laughs> so it's just it's just funny it's funny how their minds work that is funny well, you guys, I want to say, one, thank you for coming on the show. You two are a blast. I appreciate your minds. I appreciate your hard work. And I, honestly, I'm walking away from this conversation learning so much about entrepreneurship and sexual health all in one, which I think is a blessing on both ends. So thank you for yeah. coming on and talking about it. Appreciate it. Thank you for no having problem. us. No problem. Thank you for having us. Fun conversation. Yeah, it was great. <laughs> well, it's not done yet. We're heading into the final question of the podcast, and it's... What does it mean to live a fulfilling life? It's a very easy formula. Yeah. Very easy formula. It's just very hard to implement. Yeah. I think it's balance. I think, I think you have to learn to balance and uh, whether it's family, business, learning, self-care, 
all of that like falls into the spectrum of fulfillment. You just need to really be able to balance and schedule all of that. Not just leave it out on a whim and say, oh, by chance I'll go work out. No, you schedule it. No, by chance you're not going to have a date night. You're going to fucking schedule it. Okay, you're going to schedule it down to a T where you're going to go, what you're going to do, when you're going to do it, who you're going to do it with. Um, and that is included for work. Uh, you know, list your priorities. Just, I think, you know, it's easy to be an entrepreneur, especially in the beginning and just be like scattered all over the place. But you have to collect yourself when you're collected, then you're more organized. And then you're more, you know, structured. And when you're structured, you actually have a successful business. So when you're all over the place doing everything, thinking you're everybody, mm-hmm. you're not. And it's not just having a business. It's, it's yes, balance, um, balanced lifestyle, balanced everything, balanced career, balanced this, everything is balanced. But it's not also, it's not just about having a, a business too. You got to do what you love doing, regardless if you're working for somebody or if you have your own business. It's actually a lot harder having your own business when you do like when you love doing what you're doing Mm -hmm. because then you are focused like it's it's about the money it's about you know bringing in as much as you can to afford the lifestyle that you want so it's actually a lot harder having your own business but it's more rewarding so there's a lot of different ends to, to to this question so it's about being balanced it's about doing um you know what you love doing because the money's gonna flow eventually 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 and I mean, that's it. Just living a fulfilling, happy life. So dieting right, um, having your finances in place, um, not spending more than what you bring in. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> having goals. And having goals and meeting those goals and having uh, monthly, quarterly, quarterly, weekly, yearly checkups on these goals. So it's it's a never-ending i'm not gonna say battle but it's a it's yeah it's never-ending process yeah, yeah process yeah dang i love it that's perfect that was that's <laughs> that's a perfect answer and tell me where can we connect with you how can listeners connect with you where can they go to see all the goods lay it on them oh they could uh visit our store at www.beyonddelights.com that's, That's B-E-Y-O-N-D-D-E-L-I-G-H-T-S. It's plural, let's say that. Nice. <laughs> <laughs> .com. But um, no, we get a lot of questions about that because they think it's the lights beyond the lights. Beyond oh, the lights. The lights. But yeah. it's the lights. Like I'm delightful. Yeah. Like, yeah. A, like afternoon delights. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Or our Instagram handle at Beyond Delights. Um, I believe Facebook is the same and so is Twitter at Beyond Delights. Perfect. And I will put all of those links in the show notes so people can go check them out and say hi and yeah. hopefully get to know you a little more. Yeah. Awesome. And email Sounds us. Good. Email us. Always email us. Info at Beyond Delights. Like we will respond. We're pretty quick about it. Ooh. And we're very helpful. You hear that? If you're listening right now, shoot an email. Do it. You got Anything. Have, have questions. We're not afraid to answer them. <laughs> yes. I love it. Cool. Well, thank you guys thank so you much. Thank you for having us, Nicholas. Thanks, Nicholas. Bye. Appreciate it. See you guys. <laughs> Bye. <laughs> That was the episode. You just listened to it uploads every Friday at 6 a.m. The real reason you're still here. You want to know the answer to the riddle of the week. Why did the invisible man turn down the job offer? He couldn't see himself doing it. (laughs) Get it? He's invisible. No one can see him doing it. Don't forget to leave a five-star review and to share this episode with your friends, family, coworkers, acquaintances, strangers, 
lovers, and everyone in between. Say something kind to them. Kindness and hope are the best things we can spread. I love you guys. See you next week. Bye.